0: Hi, you're listening to the Urban Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Ayata Bin. Today, we're going to be talking about the most misunderstood, the most overused word of our century, and that is narcissism. So I'm going to be looking at the cognitive neuroscience of narcissism and how is it exactly labeled a clinical term? Uh, So yeah. Uh, so much discontent comes with narcissism it's it's obviously a phenomena it's a word being used to understand bad behavior pretty much uh, everywhere now obviously you know labeling people as narcissists and telling them oh it's a diagnostic does not really condemn their behavior does it uh, so yeah it's um it's just a way of relating to someone it's an adjective to describe their style so much like we could describe someone as um, agreeable or stubborn or introverted uh, you know some of these patterns are valued by society but others Uh, really not and the fact most people don't receive being called um, narcissistic as a compliment so you don't just go around doing that and it's um yeah it's just however a descriptive term and no matter how much we you know turn our you know turn our noses up at it paradoxically as a society we somehow reward it now um i read fascinating research this is what inspired uh this uh little episode of mine and it is it was done by dr alan francis and so he's one of the architects of the diagnoses of uh, narcissistic personality disorder i'll make sure to leave his very interesting paper um in the show notes uh if you if you are curious enough to read it and so yeah he argues that we actually um give you know badly behaved jerks an out call when we call um narcissism a diagnostic you know um And that's not a way of going around it, is it? Uh, So, yeah, you know, um, disliking the pattern of behavior doesn't really make it a mental illness. Um, So, yeah, he has a problem that um, practically we have to gobble with and, um, yeah, help him deal with. Now, narcissism is, uh, as far as I can uh, see or from what I have read, is comprised of really certain pillars. Um, It's like a criteria. And uh, so... If you were to happen to uh, come across one, you notice that they lack um, empathy, kind of have a little grandiosity, a feeling of entitlement, superficiality in one way or another, Um, and they're very, you know, seeking of validation. And admiration they're hypersensitive and most interestingly uh they have uh, tendencies to manipulate and exploit people so yeah it's confusing because they're simultaneously under responsive so they tend to be very emotionally aloof they're cold and distant but they're hyper responsive S- all of a sudden and they get those like hair triggered tempers and which get set off only when you trigger their fragile egos so yeah narcissism is um i believe um somewhat pathological insecurity i mean the key to understanding the narcissist is that they feel constantly um empty and unstable their grandiosity is actually nothing but an immature defense against their threat to their sense of self and, um yeah they're desperate just for the world to keep on validating them you know they're good days they look happy they're great they're grandiose but on the bad days they crumble very quickly and yeah you see you'd start to notice this you know proportionate um levels of shame and uh, rage so yeah I mean it's it's quite sad isn't it I mean I, I read this uh, thing and uh you know the world in general has become um uh, more insecure and i think there are valid reasons i mean um if you were to look at gallup's annual global emotional report which you don't do on a day-to-day basis it was published back in 2017 and um and um by the way 2017 <laughs> was uh, uh like we got labeled to have the most miserable a year in about a decade for some reason and the report indicated uh, sadness anger Worry, stress, physical pain, um, and they were all more frequently endorsed in that very year than in the last ten years prior. So yeah, um, now um, this report speculated on a variety of reasons for this, but it like um, let's just uh, you know spitball for a minute. It could it be that this increase in misery could reflect the maybe increase in insecurity? and uh tolerance of narcissism our, our like our world our world is just, just plainly supporting um i mean the increasing insecurity in in our world and um, the way we're capitalizing on it is very obvious i mean just look at consumerism let's not dive too deep into this <laughs> you know when human value is driven entirely by um external incentives such as success then obviously qualities such as empathy don't have a um, fighting chance because we no longer value them and they're no longer valuable so yeah now why do we get pulled into these you know uh, cycles we're you know we're not flocking to narcissism because we love emotional coldness do we we don't love invalidation and shallow people we're, we're drawn in because narcissism is somewhat seductive and um i you know the, you can call it the there's like there are three seeds of narcissism. And the, well, you first go with charm. Second is charisma. And third is confidence. Um, speaking of that, I'll put another <laughs> link in the show notes for Robert Greene's uh, book called The Seduction. Um, so yeah, he talks all about that. And that's not to say like all charming charismatic people are narcissistic. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. However, we do know that these traits are so seductive that we get drawn in. And they can blind us, you know, to the more venomous characteristics that are unfolding at the same time, such as entitlement and vindic- like uh, vindictiveness and lack of empathy. So yeah, it's just this, it's an endless loop. Um, so then, once like a person is in a relationship and it's uncomfortable and um, and painful, that's pretty much why you stay with them even when they're narcissistic all of us are vulnerable to those you know charms and in fact we may be rendered even more vulnerable to uh, sticking around for the abuse by a narcissist uh if you especially if you originated from you know a family system in which those patterns were normalized you know such as uh for example having a cold authoritarian um distant or even uh, abusive parent so yeah, our pretty much our insecurities render, render us pretty uh, vulnerable and also less able to climb out when the you know climate shifts from charm and charisma to invalidation and abuse. So most of us are great at giving second chances, and second chances are in fact the these are the accelerants, uh for narcissism at all levels. You know, when um, when we are in a narcissistic relationship, we make excuses. You know, it's just, you just go like, um, that's just how he is. He didn't really mean it or that she means well. It's just, you know, cultural differences. Uh, yeah, there's the rub. That's how this infectious virus of being in any form of narcissistic relationship just goes. Um, you know, we there were, even though I'm not fixating on an individual, even if you're in a family or in a certain work culture, you know, um, it can just um, slowly proliferate and take over so yeah most of us um issue second chances with zeal unfortunately uh and our storytelling you know in our culture specifically is obviously so immersed in tales of like forgiveness and redemption and hope and uh, while that's very healthy in the wrong hands um you know the this hope and forgiveness may just represent an opportunity for um you know for narcissists to take over pretty much so yeah now have we created a world in which narcissism as a product pattern is just uh becoming necessary to succeed um this is where we hit a bit of a problematic divide right i mean the very qualities associated with uh, material success are actually bad for our health because while these qualities might be you know um fostered by our cultures and societies they're never going to be good for our close intimate relationships you know i'm not talking just spouses or like of partners <laughs> no that means you know your parents um your siblings uh extended family friends even colleagues you know narcissistic patterns undercut the core of uh what's necessary for healthy relationships and obviously that includes um like what i can think of from the top of my head is compassion you know mutual respect honesty trust things that are simply not possible uh when a when a person that's narcissistic is involved and it's in that intimate relationship space where you know you see the most impact of a narcissist and um yeah so like a relationship pretty much with a narcissist is a gradual indoctrination you slowly uh become you know lacking of empathy and um just indifferent to their tantrums rage and their insults uh so yeah it's it's really good to be aware of it so um i i don't want to drift off from uh using narcissism as a clinical term i mean um npd is the pretty much a personality disorder in which there's a you know a long-term pattern of abnormal behavior and it's characterized by exaggerated feelings of self-importance and an excessive need for admiration and you know uh, affected individuals um, typically spend large amounts of time thinking about you know, achieving and maintaining the appearance, I'm emphasizing the word appearance of success. You know, they excessively distort reality to confirm their grandiose feelings about themselves, and they routinely take advantage of people one way or another. And at the psychological level, NPD is usually diagnosed with self reports, you know, um, as a diagnostic uh, instrument. While, you know, results obviously vary, it is clear that there are some key dimensions required for you know npd um as i've mentioned certain pillars and uh and yeah unfortunately enough a sadism is an additional factor by the way observed in the most severe types of um you know npd which is known as malignant narcissism so watch out for that uh yeah And now there's, there is not a very large body of research on the neuroscience of NPD. I mean, there are consistencies pointing to abnormalities in certain brain areas, particularly the insular cortex, which is associated with features of NPD, especially lack of empathy. And um, yeah, and due to high functionality associated with narcissism, you know, some people may not view it as an impairment in their lives. it's all about perspective really need many successful individuals we are good or bad share some degree of narcissism um to consider to be above the norm and uh yeah now although overconfidence tends to make in- individuals with mpd ambitious it does not necessarily you know lead to success so don't get over drifted by it uh yeah now taken together let me sum up all of this um uh recent work has just shown that mpd is a very serious you know disorder and uh it's associated um, at least in part with brain irregularity uh, irregularities uh and primarily as mentioned in the insular cortex and also in the frontal lobes of the brain so yeah these are critical areas associated with uh, higher level processing judgment decision making and lack of empathy so yeah that's exactly what um most recent reviews have shown and um just be wary (laughs) be very wary um narcissism exists and um uh pushing back on it is a human rights issue as i can see it you know all of us just need to stop giving permission to narcissism um and yeah practice empathy and uh, maybe um you'll see it project back to you Uh, anyways Thank you so much for listening to my episode. I hope it has been of good use. And um, if you want to, uh, you know, recommend any additional topics you'd like to hear of, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be talking to you very soon. Bye.